0: Peppino bounded to his feet. What, he said? Let's get a poker and break in the door. I believe he's gone, and I believe he's the burglar. Ring for the police. Curry cook, is he, said Daisy. Robert and I were right after all. We knew what your guru was best fitted for, dear Lucia. But then, of course, you always know best, and you and he have been fooling us finely. But you didn't fool me. I knew when you took him away from me what sort of a bargain you had made. Guru, indeed. He's the same class as Mrs. Eddy, and I saw through her fast enough. And now what are we to do? For my part, I shall just get home and ring up for the police, and say that the Indian who has been living with you all these weeks has stolen my spoons and forks, and my Georgian tankard guru, indeed, burglaru, I call him, there. Her passion, like Hyperion's, had lifted her upon her feet, and she stood there defying the whole of the advanced class, short and stout and wholly ridiculous, but with some revolutionary menace about her. She was not exactly terrible as an army with banners, but she was terrible as an elderly lady with a long-standing grievance that had been accentuated by the loss of a Georgian tankard, and that was terrible enough to make Lucia adopt a conciliatory attitude. Bitterly she repented having stolen Daisy's guru at all, if the suspicions now thickening the air proved to be true. But after all, they were not proved yet. The guru might still walk in from the arbour on the laburnum alley which they had not yet searched, or he might be levitating with the dorky in his pocket. It was not probable, but it was possible. And at this crisis, possibilities were things that must be clung to for otherwise you would simply have to submerge like those U-boats. They searched all the garden, but found no trace of the curry-cook. They made guarded inquiries of the servants as to whether he had been seen, but nothing whatever could be learned about him. So when Peppino took a ponderous hammer and a stout chisel from his tool-chest and led the way upstairs, they all knew that the decisive moment had come. Perhaps he might be meditating, for indeed it was likely that he had a good deal to meditate about. But, perhaps, Peppino called to him in his most sonorous tones, and said that he would be obliged to break his lock if no answer came. And presently the house resounded with knockings as terrible as those in Macbeth, and much louder. Then, suddenly, the lock gave, and the door was opened. The room was empty, as they had all conjectured by now, the bed was unslept in. They opened the drawers of the wardrobe, and they were as empty as the room. Finally, Peppino unlocked the door of a large cupboard that stood in the corner, and with a clinking and crashing of glass, there poured out a cataract of empty brandy bottles. Emptiness, that was the keynote of the whole scene, and blank consternation its effect.